So 
know the night won't last. I know the night won't last. Your word will come to pass. My heart will sing your praise again. You are enough. Jesus, you're still. continue to worship. Let's take a moment to pray together as a, as a community of believers. Heavenly Father, there are people in our community. There are people here in this building. There are people 
across this state of this nation, across the world that are in desperate need of you. They need your hope. They need your encouragement. They need your strength. They need your salvation. Father, we pray that you would do it in their lives, that you would, that you would rescue, that you would bring life, that you would bring hope and peace and joy. Even in situations that are, are horrible situations, Father, we ask that they would experience your peace. God, be with them. Be with those in our community that are experiencing difficult times. Father, we worship you because we do believe and we do have hope that you can do it again. Father, you're the same yesterday, today, forever, and we can count on you, and we can fix our eyes on you, and we can put our trust in you. You are a firm foundation, a solid rock. We love you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. We love you. Amen, 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 amen. Well, welcome, everybody. It's so good to see you this morning. Why don't you say hello to somebody around you as you take your seat? I'd like to take a quick moment and welcome everybody that's online. Thanks for joining and tuning in with us there on Facebook or on Church Online. Appreciate you. If you're a guest with us here in the building or uh, online, we appreciate you coming. We'd love to know that you're here. We have a, a New Here link online. We also have a New Here card in your seat. Um, we'd love to know that you were here. We'd like to send a note of thanks that says thank you for coming. You can find out a little bit more about the church as well um, through that information card. But we appreciate you coming. Thanks for being here. Um, we also, as part of worship, we take up our offering. And we receive our tithes and our offerings this morning. And so our ushers are going to come forward and uh, get ready for that. And I'll pray. And then uh, we'll watch a video here on some announcements that are going on here at the church. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Again, we thank you. You are too good. There are so many ways that we can be thankful and grateful. And so, Father, out of the abundance of what you've given us, we give back to you. Thank you for all of your blessings in our lives, Lord. Be with us this morning as we continue to worship. Open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to understand in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you'll turn your attention to the screen, we're going to see a quick video. What's up, Sea of Paris? Hey, guys. We're so glad you're here today. All right, a few announcements coming at you. First up, CF Communities. They are getting going, and we have some incredible groups this semester. So go get that list. It's either at the table or it's on our website. Um, get signed up. Find the one that fits and works for you. Do it, you won't regret it. We love our CF communities. Second of all is our teacher supply closet. We have that up and going as a way to bless teachers. And um, so teachers, if you are needing something for your classroom or if you have a student that is missing some supplies they need, reach out to us. There's a form on our website, a teacher supply um, closet website page that has all the information of what we currently have as well as the way that you can request if you're needing something specific for either a, a student or for yourself fill that out we just want to bless our teachers because they are the very very best we love them okay also we have first responders luncheon coming up it's on september 11th it's going to be amazing we have all smoke and no mirrors barbecue catering it um, if you're a first responder or you have a first responder in your family or close close to you please invite them out to come and have lunch on us 
Um, another announcement we have coming up is Trunk or Treat. We are super excited for Trunk or Treat, but we need you. We need volunteers to help put it on, to put on the trunks. Uh, there's multiple places where we need volunteers. So there's two things you can do here. The first one is text trunk to, oh yeah, 844-606-0929. Very good with numbers, very good with numbers. Um, so text that, text trunk to that number. We'll pop it up on the screen real quick. Or you can go to our website and there'll be a, a, a form on our website that you can sign up as well. And I think that's it. That's it. We love you guys. We'll see you later. Bye guys. Bye. Woo, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm leaving that in there. <laughs>
Um, Josiah, our oldest, is 25. He's married to Tessa. They live in Alberta, Canada, which is kind of like the, the Texas of Canada. It's got a lot of similarities there. Josiah is beginning his second year of law school. Nate, uh, this past week, weekend, got married to his, his wife, Ella, and this picture is taken from, from that wedding. And then we have Drew and then Annie, our two youngest kids. Drew is a, is a junior this year, and Annie is a freshman. Leslie and I have been working on a translation project for a Muslim people group in Cameroon since 1998. You can see on the map there where, where Cameroon is located. We lived in the village of Makri for a number of years. If you pass the next slide. And during that time, we were analyzing the language, developing an alphabet, preparing literacy materials to teach people to read and write their own language, and translating scripture. And so if you slide to the next slide, it shows you what we've been working on. To this point, we've rough drafted most of the, of the Gospels and portions of the Old Testament. The last time that I was in Africa, though, was in 2019 um, because, of the, because of the pandemic. Some of you may also remember that one of the people that I work with, the primary person that I work with, who I call Charlie, let me know in 2019 that he no longer wanted to, to do the to translation work. He mentioned that because he was a Muslim, he didn't feel that he should be translating the Bible. He also said that he wanted to be paid more money. I wasn't able to go to Africa this past year. I wasn't able to go to Africa this year, again, because of the pandemic. And Charlie recently contacted me and said he was wanting to work again. I think he was missing some of that cash. Charlie is a primary school teacher, so he actually works full time. And, uh, but he's only available to work with us in the summertime. And so we're hoping to expand the number of people that we work with. And starting in next year, in May of 2022, we're going to be um, working on some oral Bible storying to try to uh, provide a distribution of those stories in the language area. So if you flip to the next slide. Leslie and I also teach at Wycliffe's Training Center in Canada. I teach courses in linguistics. And if you slide one more again, and still one more, I've, I've got it myself uh, ahead here. So I teach courses in linguistics, and Leslie teaches courses in, in ethnography, along with homeschooling Drew and Annie. And we've been teaching online using Zoom since March of 2020. Some of you may have had that experience in the last 18 months. The plan for us in Canada, at least in the West Coast, is to return to teaching face-to-face -face this fall. And we're looking forward to that uh, interaction that we'll get with the students in that context. We've had the pleasure to see many of our former students join us in the work of Bible translation in different parts of the world. And so these next slides just give you some stats of what's going on. So there are about 7,000 languages in the world. And if you pass the next one, about tenth of those have the whole Bible in their language. Roughly one-fifth of the world's languages have the New Testament, and about a seventh of the languages in the world have at least some scripture portions available, either in written form or in audio form. But there's still, we'll go one more, there we go, there's still about 2,000 languages where translation work still needs to begin. If you pop to one more slide, and this just gives you, for those of you guys who love stats, this gives you some stats in terms of languages and, and people who speak those languages. As you can see, the largest areas that need Bible translation are the areas of Asia, Africa, and the Pacific. And you can see that there's still lots of work to be done. Currently, though, one more slide, um, there's um, ongoing work in about 2,700 languages around the world. So if you'd like to know more about how you can be involved, involved don't hesitate to, to talk to us about that. At Nate and Ella's wedding last weekend, I shared with them two verses that are meaningful to me, and so I thought I would share them with you now. So if you go one more slide. 
The first verse um, is Psalm 37.4, and it talks about how to have enjoyment in life. And the second verse is Psalm 37.5, so the verse right afterwards, and it talks about purpose in life. I memorized the first verse back when I was a teenager taking a summer mission trip to Honduras. Psalm 37.4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And then 37.5, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will direct your paths. As I said, the first verse deals with enjoyment in life by delighting in the Lord. And the second verse talks about how to find purpose in life by committing our way to the Lord. Today, some people focus on enjoyment, but they find little purpose in life. Others seek a purpose, but find little joy in the process. The key to having both enjoyment and purpose, according to these verses, is the Lord. Delighting in Him and committing our way to him. My dad was a Presbyterian pastor in Canada, and I remember as a child, he would talk about the Westminster Short Catechism. How many of your parents talked to you about the Westminster Short Catechism? Probably none. That was written about 400 years ago. It's a series of short questions and answers designed to teach the essentials of Christian faith. The most well-known of the questions is, what is the chief end of man? So if we pop one more slide, there we go. What is the chief end of man? That's kind of an archaic way of saying, what is man's goal in life? The answer touches on both purpose and enjoyment. And the answer says man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Glorifying God is our purpose in everything we do. And in, do, in doing so, we find our enjoyment. When we put our lives in the hands of our creator, we find both enjoyment and purpose in doing what God designed us to do. Whether that's being a bus driver, police officer, small business owner, store clerk, Bible translator, put your occupation in there, whatever it is, our joy and our purpose is found in the Lord. So thank you, CF Paris, for your faithful prayer and financial support for many years. If the Lord brings Charlie to mind in the next days ahead, please pray for him, pray for his salvation, Pray for his willingness to continue to help us in the translation project. And please pray for this people group. I haven't told you the name of it. Um, it's because it's a Muslim people group. But pray for the, pro the people group that we work with. Thank you. That was because that was just for the front three rows. I did that on purpose. Uh, it's amazing how we, we, can, we can sit here and downplay who we are, where we're from, all you want to, but, but uh, we all play a role in impacting eternity the worldwide. 
worldwide over. Worldwide over. It's amazing, these opportunities to go big. And I love that he shared from, from Psalms those, those two verses. We find the opportunity to go big when we take the time to just delight in the Lord. We find our joy, we find our, our, our peace, we find our courage, we find our strength when we just take the time to delight in the Lord. Over the last couple of weeks, we've uh, we focused on the Great Commission, Matthew 28, and, and uh, Jesus instructed his disciples, basically summing up, he says, go and make disciples of all people. Go and make disciples. Another version says it this way. It says, so go out to all the people in all the world and tell them about me. It really is that simple. It's share your story. But like we talked about last week, we end up not going because we're afraid of the outcome. We're, we're worried about what somebody might think of us. We're worried about how they're going to they're gonna take it or, or maybe I'm going to do it wrong or I'm not going to do it right or what if I lead them the wrong way or I'm just not really qualified or educated or know enough or I can't and, or that's not my calling, my gifting, my... Whatever. We remove ourselves from the equation. But if we would delight in the Lord, if we would lean into Christ, if we would, if we would spend time with him reading his word, if we, would, if we would take the time to develop the relationship that he so desires with each and every one of us, it's then that purpose, joy, peace, Courage, all of the above, uh, those moments arise to stand in the face of adversity, to rise up and go big. If you and I are who God is sending to a lost and broken world, it's going to require us, you and I, to be passionate about the same things that he's passionate about. In life, each and every one of us, we do what it is that we do. Whatever it is you do, we do it out of passion. We do what we do, we don't do what we don't do. We do it all based on, on passion. No one has to make you. Moments to go big, they come out of a love relationship with Christ. It's, it's just what you do. It's not some, some boring religious obligation. It's not a, a have to. It's a, I can't wait to. You can tell whether or not you're still passionate about your relationship with God, your, your Christian life, when you can tell whether or not you're just going through the motions. Are you here this morning out of obligation or out of passion. Don't answer, please. <laughs> it's just, and it's just like, you know, internally, think about it. <laughs> but I, I think that's a question we all need to ask ourselves. Are we here this morning out of, out of obligation, or, or are we here out of passion? Because to go big, you have to be passionate about what Christ is passionate about. Sadly, uh, Sadly, what I've seen is, is, that, is that obligation is what happens regularly. 
But I, I think it happens because we, we stop being the church and we just start doing church. We relegate church to our, our four walls, our four no more. We just start going through the motions. It's a place that we can go to and we can, we can do church, but, but then we can, we can leave. We can walk about and, and go about our, our regular day. As if this is some sort of boring religious ritual. Great music, great technology, great building, great whatever, but, but all it is then is, is, is just some sort of ritualistic what are we here for? Guys, look, we, when you and I, when we stop being the church, we, we stop being engaged in what Jesus is passionate about, it's then that we become just another dead, empty monument without purpose. Nothing more than, than a ritualistic building that people go to, go through the motions, sing the fast song, introduce the new song. Raise your hands for the slow song. Pass the bucket. Guy gets up and says something. We have to ensure that our heart beats for the same thing that God's heart beats for. That's what passion is. I, all right, Corey, we, we got to have passion, but passion for what? We all know John 3.16. It's like verse number one that you have to memorize if you've become a Christian. For God so loved, so loved, that's, that's passion. That's desire, that, that's, 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 this, that's, that's this hunger, this yearning. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son to die on a cross, to rise again from the dead so that what? So that whosoever believes would have eternal life. Whosoever. Whosoever. What you and I need to do, what the, the Bible, what, what it all really culminates to is, is finding a, a passion for whosoever. You and I need to have a passion for whosoever. All of them out there. All the whosoevers. But instead, what we tend to do, if we're honest with ourselves, if we, if we were to, 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 to open up and, and, and really look at our lives, what we tend to do point the critical, judgmental finger at the, at the lost. Looking down our nose, pontificating the lost, just, <laughs> really. <laughs> you know why your life's so terrible? Mine's good over here in my castle. We, we start psychoanalyzing the lost. Basically, we, we do everything but reaching out to a lost and broken world. Being passionate for whosoever. Jesus made it a point. He made it a point to seek and save whosoever. And, and that seeking and saving whosoever was, was regardless of where fault or blame may lie on why they were where they were. But it's much easier to just do church and understand that that's not my job, that's pastor's job. We take this great commission 
Every now and then, the pastor brings it up, and we got to be reminded about it. But then we, we kind of we, we justify our lives and where we're at by saying, well, it's not really the great commission you have to so much as it is the great suggestion. I mean, if you're not having a bad hair day, and your life's not too crazy busy right now, then maybe we could go out and talk about what Jesus has done in your life. But again, only if it's comfortable and isn't going to rock a boat. It's not my gift. It's not my calling. It's not what I feel led to do. <laughs> it's, it's not a gift or a calling. It's a mandate. Go into all the world, make disciples of all people, sharing your story. being passionate for whosoever. And that's developed through a passion for Christ. Luke 19.10, Jesus said, I came to seek and save those who were lost. There's another version that puts it this way. I wanted to read this. Listen here. It says, I came to earth to look for people that went wrong and got lost so that I could save them. I came to earth to look for people that went wrong and got lost. Guys, God is consumed with the lost. He's so passionate about the lost. In, in Luke chapter 15, there's three different parables that Jesus gives all about the lost. He, he talks about a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. We know is the prodigal son. There's three parables. What's wild is as you read through these, you start to kind of see... Similarities. The, the, the first parable, the sheep. I don't know how many of you have ever seen sheep. But if you're ever driving along and there's, there's a pasture full of sheep, I can promise you that all the sheep are there, but guaranteed you drive another mile down the road and there's another just random sheep just kind of sitting out there past the trees around the corner, down the wood, and it's grandma's house. It, just random. That, sh that little sheep didn't wake up that day and say, hmm, I, I wonder if I can get lost today. What happened is it just started eating. It started grazing. And then all of a sudden at the end of the day, it was just so focused on life itself that with the end of the day, it poked its head up and, oh, God, where is everybody? There are people all around us that are just preoccupied. They've got their head to the grind. They're trying to pay their bills. They're trying to raise their kids. They're trying to salvage a marriage, a relationship, and all these things just kind of bombarding them. They're not, they're not demonic, evil people. They're just preoccupied with this thing called life. And our job is, is not to criticize, condemn, or, or to point a judgmental finger. Our, our job is to, to look for people that went wrong and got lost so that we can share our passion. 
Another example I, I think we immediately just kind of toss aside. In the very next parable, Jesus talks about the lost coin. And, and in this parable, there was a woman who, who lost the coin. And, and I've heard a lot of, a lot of uh, pastors preaching it and talking about the, you know, the woman and how we have, to, we have to be very guarded. We have to be careful with our coin. And, and there's validity. There's truth to what's been given to us, the, the beauty of the gift. You don't just squander it or, or throw it to swine like another scripture talks about. But, but more so, I, I think a lot of times what we need to recognize is that the coin wasn't lost on its own. Somebody was careless with that coin. Guys, there's a lot of people today, a lot of people, sadly, that are hurting because somebody that should have been there or somebody that said that they were going to be there or somebody that was supposed to have led and guide them or, or somebody that they were supposed to leave their trust in let them down. And now they're at a place in life where they're just, they're lost as well. Sadly, the, the church has caused a lot of that. When we built up our defense fortress, our four walls and no more, we pushed people aside and, and we said, you're not welcome here. And now they're, they're looking out there going, I, I thought you were supposed to help me. And again, our job is not to criticize and point a finger. Our job is to bridge a gap, to, to, to take the time to, 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 to compassionately understand why and help reach a lost and broken world. It's passion for whosoever. And then the third parable we know is the prodigal son. I, uh, I, I just recently wrote an article about it. Um, I'd love for you guys to read it, but I'm going a different direction this morning, so if you want to know the other side. <laughs> but look, with the prodigal son, focusing on that son, he, he made his own decision. He was at where he was at in life because he made the choices to be where he was at in life. But he didn't wake up one day thinking, man, I can't wait to take my inheritance and end up in a pig pen. <laughs> he miscalculated. What he did is, is he looked at life and, and he looked at the allure of going big that the world has to offer. And in his mind calculated and thought that, that a life without the father would be better than a life with the father. And yet still, even though he made his own decision, that's his bed he should lay in it, right? And yet still... Jesus, when telling the parable of the prodigal son, says the father saw him from even afar off and ran out to meet him. The father was so passionate even for him. The truth is, whether it's, whether it's being preoccupied, whether it's from somebody else's carelessness, or, or, or whether it's even from their own miscalculation, it doesn't matter how or why people get lost. Our job, our, our job, our goal, our mandate from heaven is to go look for people that went wrong and got lost. To share our passion with whosoever. You and I are to take the hands of, of a broken world and, and reconcile them back to God through the cross of Jesus Christ. 
to help restore relationship, peace, and purpose in yours and in those around you. So, so then how did we get so far from embracing a lost and broken world that, that we run from darkness? We were joking last night. I was at a, a, a small birthday get-together, and, and somebody happened to wear a Dungeons & Dragons t-shirt. I, I grew up in a household where you understood that was demonic. And if there was ever, ever, ever a little blue smurf, I mean, you better cast the spell out of something, too. Somehow, somehow along the way, we, we got scared of the darkness. In uh, this scripture here, John 17, 14 through 18, Jesus says this. He says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than, than I am of the world. This is, a, this is another one of those verses I think that, that, that Christians, we kind of, we throw around a lot. We use a lot. But we're not supposed to be of the world. But I think we've missed something. Jesus continues on. He, he says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Well, what's the truth? Well, good thing he said it. Your word is truth. That, that was week number two of our going big. It's taking the time to get back into the word of God and open it up and read it. Pastor Brandon did a phenomenal job of, of man, just start somewhere. And then he finishes, he says, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. So, so here, Jesus is praying to the Father, and, and what he's telling us is he's telling us what he's not praying. He's saying, Father, I, I do not pray that you would take them out of the world. I, I do not pray that we would, would create this artificial social construct that, that we call the church this elite subculture removed from this big, bad, evil world. I'm not praying that. But that as you sent me, Father, I send them. Jesus is saying, I want you to be in it, but not of it. I want you to be in it, but not of it. So in it, but not of it. Not of it. In other words, you think differently. You, you act differently. It's not about uh, an external modification program. Have you watched the Smurfs? Because if so, you're not going to heaven. It's not about an external modification program so much as it's about a, a passion for Christ, a condition of the heart. Any behavioral modification that needs to happen, that'll happen between you and God. Not by me saying you got to do this first before you can meet him. We've removed ourselves. We've taken ourselves out of this, this evil, big, bad, evil world, and, 
and we've used scripture. We must come out from amongst and be separate. We've built our defense fortress, called it a church. Our four no more. And we can come in here and hold on for joy until the rapture happens. I mean, if I, if I could just make it on Sunday, whew, no matter if the trumpets blow, we'll be good. To the extent of our Christian walk. Again, we've, we've, we've managed to kind of create this, this, this social construct removed from the very world in which you and I were created to thrive. You and I were created to thrive, and not only thrive within the world, we were created to change and transform a world. Come on. The only problem is when we built our little social construct, our defense fortresses, is is we brought us with us. We never took the world out. We We just separated ourselves from it. And so now we're still here within our defense fortress, but now we're still dealing with, with, with envy, strife, bitterness, anger, injustice. All these, what, why, wait a second. So instead of being in the world but not of it, we're still of the world, just not in it. <laughs> You can't change a world you're not in. It's hard to be passionate for whosoever when, when, when you just accosted whosoever because of their different views, because of their different beliefs, because of they don't see what you see. How can you be passionate about whosoever when, when you're accosting them? There's a a passage in in Matthew 5, and and Jesus is talking, and he's talking about us and our walk, and he's he's referring to us as, as he uses the, the, uh, the analogy of salt and light. You and I are salt and light. As Christians, as followers of Christ, we're, we're to be, we're to be salt and light. It's a change agent. Darkness cannot exist except for without the presence of light. So the same salt, salt's a, a change agent. Makes things taste better. But if we're the same substance as the world, regardless of what location or what world we think we live in, if we're the same substance as the world, we can't change it. If we're not engaged in the world, we can't change it. The mandate of the gospel is to to take your light into the darkness so that your light may shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify God. There it is. Go into all the world and share your story so that they may see his good works, so that they may see him and glorify him. 
salt. The analogy of the salt. I think a lot of us, we've, we've kind of, if, if you and I are the salt shaker, the place for salt is not contained in the shaker. I mean, it's good to be filled up. Sometimes we, we want to get a little, little shaky, shaky here, a little shaky, shaky there, and, and we want to feel the, the, the fullness of God. But the salt's not for here. Now, the salt is not also supposed to be taken and dumped on a complete stranger. Taking your Bible, whack, just smacking them. Each one of us containing the salt should be going into our schools, into our workplaces, into our our universities, our our local schools here, our workplaces, our shopping centers. Everywhere we go, our lives should be sharing his story through us. Just be salting the world. We need the church to stop doing church and start being church. Not waiting for somebody else to to come in and win our town for Christ through, through some big event or some big happening or something else that doesn't have to be me. What it's going to take is it's going to take Christians, you and I, being Christians in the midst of a lost and broken world. You and I are going to have to not just go to church or do church, but we need to be, be the church. But again, what ends up happening is here in our own little artificial constructed defense fortress, every now and then we hear the Great Commission and think it's the Great Suggestion. And because we think that's not my calling, or or that's not my gifting, or or that's for some other Christian, we've reduced go and make disciples to something that somebody else does. And so we end up either staying separate from the very world that Jesus created us to bring bring change and transformation to, or or we, we end up just doing our obligation. As the... uh, band comes up to close, guys, I, I, I want to finish with this. I want you all to listen to this passage. John 18, verse 37. Jesus said this. He said, for this cause I came. For this purpose I came. For this reason I came. For this cause I came to earth that my life would bear witness to the truth. I came to bear witness. People are wanting to see that it works. They're they're, they're tired of of the talk about, well, you have to do this and you have to do that and then life will be better somehow. And and none of that changes. Nothing happens. They're they're tired of all the talk. What they want to see is a genuine care, a cause. There's a generation out there that wants us to bear witness to the truth. Not just to go through a ritual once a week and, and drag them along. Like you have to come to my, my Sunday service. If you, if you dress just right, if you wear the right clothes, if you look good enough, then we'll let you into our circle. <laughs> That's not evangelism. People want to see you live the real deal 24-7. It's being passionate about what he's passionate about. They want us to to bear witness for a cause. And that's going to require us to be in the world, but be transformed by a different spirit.
In Romans 12, there's a a passage, another well-known verse. Do not be conformed to the image of this world. Do not be formed into the pattern of of the world, but, but be transformed not by the removal of your mind, but by the renewal of your mind. There's a big difference there, and I hope you catch it. Not by removing yourself, but by renewing yourself. That you may prove what is good, acceptable, what you may prove the perfect will of God. So you and I, are, are, are we going to bring transformation to our world by letting our lives bear witness? By going, by actually standing up, by taking a stand and and then stepping out into the world and and sharing our story. Not being afraid of the outcome, recognizing, God, I'm trusting you with that outcome. But God, I'm going to share what you've done for me. You don't have to be a great preacher. You don't have to be a well-studied linguist that translates languages into other, <laughs> into, into written language for people and translates whole Bibles. Although that's amazing. But you know where it starts? It starts here. It starts with you and I. It's It's using the giftings that God has given you exactly where you're at. If if God's given you the ability to study languages and and to take those languages in and and to transform them into written language, and oh, that's amazing. Use it. If God's given you the gift to walk through a hall over here surrounded by a bunch of ungrateful, no-good teenagers, except for a couple that, that are associated with us, other people's kids that are the issue. (laughs) Let your life bear witness to the truth. Go, go with passion for whosoever. Share your story with great love. Every one of us were, were called to bring salt and light in the midst of darkness. It's what God's called us to do. Every single one of us. Look, we can, we, we can be a witness if we, if we share Christ. A passion for whosoever. It's not time to point a finger or to run away from a world, guys. It's time to engage it. Our job is to reach down even into the trenches of life, to to engage a lost and a dying world, to lift them out of darkness into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's it. You can't mandate that to somebody else. It's yours. Right where God has you. God has a purpose and a plan. For your life. He has peace for your life. And, and all of that, it, 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 we, we find that by just, by just diving into him, by resting in him. We find our peace in him. We find our strength in him. And, and when we open up the word of God daily and we start meditating on the word, when we, when we start spending time with him, and then we take that, we take that, now we step out into the world and we share the beauty of what Christ is doing to us, with us, in us, to everybody else. 
That's, it's my job, but it's, that's not my job. <laughs> it's our job. You can't say, well, that's his job, that's my job, because, because it, although it is, it's still your job too. It's our job, guys. You want to go big? Dive into the Word. Dive into His presence. Start just, just relishing the time spent with Him. And, and in those moments, ask Him for the opportunity to share your faith, to share your story. And as you're going through your day, you're going to see people who are hurting, who are lost. And you've got a choice. You can berate them. You, you, you can look down your nose at them. You can, you can turn them aside. You can push them away because they don't belong or they don't fit into our, our construct or or. Or you could realize there's an opportunity right there to share your story, to be a Christian and not just do Christian on Sunday morning. Come on. If you'll, uh, if you'll stand with me, guys, I, I want to close this out in prayer. Father God, I, I thank you. I thank you for, for these people, Lord God, those that are, are sitting here, standing here this morning, those that are tuning in, Lord God. Father, for your word that you've given to us. Lord, Lord I, I pray that we don't take it for granted. There, there's people that, that don't have access. There's people that, that, that we, as we saw earlier, only, only have maybe a fraction of the Bible that we so easily take for granted when we've got 50 different translations to flip through on our phone. Father, I pray that, that we're not a people who are just going through the, the, the motions, some religious routine. But the God, that we would be a church for whosoever. A people, Lord God, for whosoever. We want to be your salt. We want to be your light, God. And my prayer is that we would go and look for people that, that went wrong and got lost, God. That you would put that desire in each and every one of our heart, Lord Jesus. Regardless of whether we think we're able or not able or whether we think we're comfortable or not comfortable, Lord God. That, that we would wake up with the desire to, to look for people that just went wrong and got lost, Lord God. And that we would share our passion with whosoever. That you, that we, God, would be open to, to being used by you. Use us, God, wherever, wherever our world is. Not waiting for someday when, Lord God, but right now, right here, and to be your light in the midst of a dark world. God, use us to reach people for your glory. I pray in the name of your Son. Before... Before I completely close, guys, again, with every head bowed, every eye closed. Uh, let, let me do this. Let me, uh, y'all look at me real quick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share one thing with you real quick. I wasn't going to, but I'm going to. Here we go. I, I don't do an altar call a lot. And I, I've had people wonder why. People questioned. Some just left the church. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why. Altar calls are beautiful. That moment when somebody gives their heart to Christ, it's, it's, it's a moment that's cherished. 
But the truth is, I don't have a, a deep personal relationship connection with each and every one of you that I'd love to have, but it's just not possible. But the people you bring, you do. And so my job, I mean, I'm going to encourage you, I'm going to build you up, I'm going to give you the scripture. Your job is to get into the game and play it. To be the church on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, and on Sunday. It's to be the church. To not relegate it or delegate it off to, to somebody else, but, but instead to realize, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some stuff. And then you're going to go to lunch with that person and they're going to say, what was he talking about? when he, and he Man, let me, let me share a little bit about that because let me, let me tell you what God did for me. Not taking away from, from an altar call, but, but altar calls don't have to happen here. Because this is the church. And church is happening wherever you go. Some of y'all's church, it's old and stanky. You've locked the doors, you've got cobwebs, and, and there's, you're happy, though, because you're waiting on the rapture. Guys, man, blow out the cobwebs, open up the doors, and let's have church. Come on. With that being said, real quickly, though, because it is, it's, such a, it's such a beautiful, passionate moment. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If there's somebody here and you've never had or experienced a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm talking about a one-on-one, -on -one, a personal relationship for the man that, that so loved you that he gave up his only life. Gave up his life so that you could have life. So that every sin you ever committed, every, everything you ever did wrong would be washed clean because, because he desired that relationship with you. If you've never experienced that relationship or, or whatever relationship you did had, if it's kind of gone sour and, and, and just not really, it's developed cobwebs. Guys, if that's you, man, I, I want you to find passion in him. Real quickly, I, I want to pray for those that, that maybe just need to step up in their faith. If you're here this morning and you've never had a relationship or you want to better that relationship, you want to dust off the cobwebs, just real quickly raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Across the room, anybody with their hand up, awesome, 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 awesome. Heavenly Father, I thank you again, Lord God, for your truth, your word, your faithfulness, the rock upon which we can stand, Lord God, that even in the midst of storms, even in the midst of crazy, even in the midst of a world that seems to be falling apart, we can stand on solid ground, Lord, we can put our faith, our trust in you. And Lord God, right now, I... We take all the old and we give it to you, God. I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you would touch lives across this room, Father. That even now, Lord God, that we would recognize the need to just cry out, God, I need you. It really is as simple as that line, God, I need you, Lord God. And in this cry, we know that you are faithful to forgive, Lord God. You are faithful, Lord God. And so right now, I thank you for those across this room that recognize their need for you. And I pray, Lord God, that you would just infill them, Lord God, with a, with a desire to seek you to develop that relationship, that passion, that desire, that joy that comes only through you. And then, Lord God, then to share that shame joy, Father that you would rekindle a flame, a fire that, that may have once burned within each and every one of us, God, that there would be a desire for a lost and broken world instead of, instead of a, a, a push away or a you're not welcome here, that you would create in us, Lord God, your people, 
Christians doing what they're supposed to do, being Christians. It's in your name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, y'all have a very, very blessed week. It's great to have you here. God bless you all.